Welcome to the John Chapman Show, where we talk about the path of a wealthy millennial, uncovering the truth about building and protecting your nest egg. Join us on this journey as we hear the stories of millennials and mentors alike to help you plan, manage, and protect your wealth. John is an employee of Worth Point LLC. All opinions expressed by John and podcast guests are solely their own opinion and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of Worth Point. This podcast should not be relied upon for investment decisions and is for informational purposes only. Well, hey, everyone. It's John Chapman. Welcome back to The John Chapman Show. I'm glad you're here. Today, we are doing a follow-up episode to last week, talking about 401ks. Now, if you haven't listened to last week's episodes, which is titled 401k Do's and Don'ts, then stop everything that you're doing right here and go back and listen to that episode, because we're building on it. We're gaining some momentum. But last episode, we talked about just some basic history and context, some things to avoid, some tips, and then I finished with some calculations. So I, for one, found it absolutely riveting, and hopefully you will too. So let's have that be the starting off point. And today, we're going to continue on with some of the things I wasn't able to get to, which are things like what are the options for your old 401k? What should I do? You know, you've changed jobs once or twice or multiple times so far now in your career. What are the options with your old 401k? We're going to answer that question. I also want to answer the question of what the heck is an IRA account, individual retirement account? Let's uh, give, again, historical context for the IRAs, since we didn't talk about it last time. And then uh, compare and contrast the traditional IRA to the Roth IRA for a quick review And then I want to talk about something that gets zero attention, which is something called a solo 401k or a self-employed 401k. Have you even heard of that? A solo 401k? That's crazy. Yeah, I'm excited to talk about it. But but, but before we go there, I need to jump on my soapbox here. I'm going to, you can hear me, I'm stepping up the ladder. Before we get into it, here's a question for you. What? is your biggest asset right now? What is your biggest asset? I'm not talking about your looks. I can hear some of these people in my mind just being silly. No, I'm not talking about your looks. I'm talking about something that produces income or growth for you. Some of you, that might be real estate. That's an asset, right? And some of you, maybe that's some stock investments, another asset. That's cool. But you know what the reality? If you're listening to this and you're under 50, I'm going to wager that it's likely going to be your earning power, your earning power, that is your biggest asset. Yes, that means you just walking around, (laughs) breathing and living and working and hustling at your job, earning a paycheck, that is your biggest asset right now. Let's just pretend that you're making $100,000 a year. I'm sure you're making well more than that, but $100,000 a year, In 10 short years, you'll have had a million dollars flow through your checking account or your W-2. Now, yeah, I get it. You're going to pay taxes and healthcare premiums, and you're going to save a little bit and then spend the rest. But still, in 10 years, $100,000, that's a million dollars. That's a lot of money. Can you imagine holding an investment right now in some stocks? or real estate that's going to provide for you $100,000 of gross income every year. That's that's a that's a lot. <laughs> so my question is how would you treat that asset? Let's let's do a thought experiment. You know, would you trash it every night and pour beer all over the floor and break things and not get them fixed? Oh, I'm being silly, but no, of course not. You know, and in the same way, 
I'm a huge advocate for you treating yourself with the care and attention and tenderness that you would an asset like a piece of real estate, but take care of yourself because you are the biggest asset. And that means sharpening your saw every day, improving your craft and hustling at work and increasing your income however possible, whether through a promotion or jumping to a new job or starting a business or getting a high side hustle because your ability to earn and then in turn save is going to be your biggest asset. You know, and for some people, if they don't do a good enough job saving, they will never have an asset be greater than their own personal work income. And eventually, my hope for you is that you get to an inflection point sometime in your life, I don't know, 40, 50, 60, whatever that is, you get to an inflection point. And financial freedom, one of the definitions of that would be having an asset that can create or produce or grow more income than you would be able to earn in a nine to five job. Uh, what am I kidding? You work 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. So a 10 hour, uh, you know, a week job, a 70 hour a week job. You know what I mean? So, all right, off my soapbox now. That was super fun. I'm glad I got that off my chest. Let's move on and talk about the first thing, first topic for today. What are your options for your old 401k? Well, there's three things. The first, keep it where it's at so long as it's over $5,000. Quick caveat here. Let's say you do just a, you know, a quick cup of coffee at a company and you only accumulate $5,000 or less in the 401k. Be on the lookout. Be aware that most companies have the illegal authority and the ability to kick that money out of the plan because it's just too small. And uh, I know of some friends that have had a, a quick stop at an employer at, before they move on somewhere else. And then, um, you know, they don't think about it. They only have maybe $2,000 in the 401k. And then six months goes by and they go to log into the account. And it's like, hmm, there is zero dollars in here. What happened? Well, they might have mailed it to your old apartment. <laughs> and that's not good. So anyways, the first option is to keep it where it currently is. Let's, that means your old company. The second option, you can move it to your new company, provided that your new and current company lets you do something called a roll-in, a roll-in. So you're taking your old company 401k and you're rolling it into your current company's 401k. And then the last thing here, you can move that money and do what's called a rollover to a traditional IRA account, assuming that all that money inside is pre-tax, before taxes, if you have some after-tax or Roth money, then that would break apart in the rollover process and go towards a Roth IRA. But those are the three options. I'm going to go a little bit deeper and talk a little bit about some of the pros and cons of each. This is not black and white, so there's no necessarily right answer. And certainly it's going to be unique to you and your situation. And of course, you need to talk to your professional team of advisors but uh, those are the three options. Keep it where it is, move to the new company, or roll over to an IRA account. Yeah, let's talk some pros and cons. So keeping it where it is. Well, hmm, maybe you've got a unique investment in there that you can't get anywhere else. What I mean is you've got a mutual fund that you're emotionally tied to, or you've got old company stock uh, from your previous employer that's in there, and you don't want to mess that up. Well, that might be a, a benefit to keeping it where it is. 
maybe you um, have a again a relationship with somebody at the old company, like within the investment team, and uh, you want to maintain that. That'd be another pro to keeping it where it is. Uh, the cons, well, that just adds to one of your additional string of accounts, and for some that can be a lot to manage and maintain. And another con is just simply the the time it takes, or maybe the the lack of investment options that are inside that old 401k. So couple of things to think about. The next thing, moving your old 401k to your new company's 401k, what are the pros and cons to that? Hmm. Well, certainly one of the big pros would be simplicity. So contrary to the con of the other, the first option, the simplicity, you, you just... Um, you, you got rid of the old company's 401k and uh, you simplified it down and now you just have that money brought with you to the new company and it's, uh, it, it's there. So that's certainly a benefit is the simplicity of that. Maybe the downside, hmm, I'm trying to think, the, maybe one downside would be if your current company's 401k stinks for whatever reason. Maybe it's at an investment company that uh, has bad customer service or doesn't have a lot of investments inside of it. So hmm, maybe that's an option to not go forward with that. But, um, you know, the third option, rolling over to an IRA account. Again, yeah, that's maybe an option. I often seems like that's more common than not. Uh, what are the pros to that? Well, a pro would be maybe again it would be simplicity because then you just got your IRA account at your favorite brokerage company and then your current company's 401k. Um, maybe the downside to that would be well, I don't know a downside. <laughs> it's hard to say. Uh, you you might be able to come up with one on your own, but in the reality, what I'll see most often is that as you in continue in your career, let's say over the lifetime of your career, you've spent time at five employers. It seems as if people will have their current company's 401k as one retirement account. And then secondly, they'll just have a IRA account, which now houses or is home to all of your old companies, 401ks, and just roll it over into that. Certainly that can be a very simple option. And most often it gives you a uh, ability to invest in I don't know, a myriad of different types of investments. Oftentimes the IRA account lets you invest in items that your 401k doesn't, such as individual stocks or ETFs or bonds and whatnot. So there you go. Those are the three options, some pros and cons. Hope that was helpful. That It's a segue into talking about an IRA account. Hmm. Yeah, I know you've heard the term, but sometimes it's a little murky. So let's see if we can clear it up a little bit. Uh, historical background here, IRA accounts, they were signed into law 1974 with the Employee Retirement Income Security Act, commonly known as ERISA might hear that term, I guess, uh, in the retirement world, ERISA, the ERISA Act of 1974 was a big one. And part of what came from that is the creation of the individual retirement account. So part of what makes the IRA account unique and powerful is really just the range of investment options inside. Now let's again compare that to a typical 401k. The typical 401k with your company may offer a small menu of just mutual funds. There's probably some target date funds in there that project your, uh, you know, your retirement date off into the future, and they've got a bunch of diversified investments inside of that. Or maybe you've got a mixture of index funds in the typical 401k as part of your menu, but that may only be 20 at most 30 options. 
in reality, that, that might be actually fine, and it probably gets the job done in terms of helping you with your risk tolerance and, and compounding growth. But still, let's compare that to the IRA account, especially nowadays with custodians like TD Ameritrade, Fidelity, and Schwab. You know, these custodians, they're like huge grocery stores, and you can buy whatever you want within reason, you know, whatever you can buy on an exchange. <laughs> and the the universe of mutual funds is like 14,000 mutual funds. It's huge. The universe of ETF are like over 5,000 ETFs. And common stocks, listed stocks, there's over like 8,000 stocks on U.S. exchanges. So it's just a mind-blowing amount of securities that you can invest in. And in one sense, that's actually super dope. And in another sense, that's like scary, and it's it's just uh, it's almost mind-boggling. So too much, uh, too many options sort of stinks, and that's where you can work with an advisor to whittle it down because you really only need a handful to stay diversified. But nonetheless, the investment opportunities and the suite of options in an IRA is great enough to make it very compelling for any old retirement accounts. All right, let's now talk about the solo 401k. Yeah, something that gets just little to no attention. Now, the reality is that the only people that might ever come across this are uh, self-employed, obviously, or uh, maybe they've got a side hustle. So this could be you, you've got a nine to five, and you're doing a side hustle where you get some 1099 income. Maybe you're a guitar teacher, or uh, you're a computer programmer, or you're a designer. Yeah, something cool like that. Or maybe that's your spouse. Maybe your spouse has a side hustle. Or maybe you just said, heck with the corporate world, I'm going to become a consultant full-time and I'm just going to go into business for myself. So those are the types of people that would come in contact with the solo 401k. So comparing to your current 401k right now, as a reminder, you have access to put in $19,000 as the employee and your employer gets to put in money above and beyond that, but no more than about $36,000, $36,000. Because the total that can ever go into a 401k, at least in regards to the current IRS rules, is about $55,000. So about $55,000 can be put into a 401k. That's a combo of you and your company. The solo 401k, well, you are the company and you are the worker. So it's just you. So what's really cool is as an employee, you can put in your 19000 And then as you, as the employer, you could put in the difference. Now, there's some really nitty-gritty rules here, which I'm going to attempt to explain so that you're armed with as much information. But again, a caveat, you need to check with the CPA or the financial planner to get all the nuts and bolts on this. So as an employee of your side hustle or your consulting business, you can put in $19,000 or 100% of your compensation, I guess whichever is less. Uh, And then as the employer you can do an additional profit sharing of up to 25% of your compensation, again, with a max of $36,000. Let's use an example. Let's say you have $100,000 of self-employed income, $100,000 of self-employed income. Well, you can put in as the employee that $19,000. And as the employer, you can do an additional profit sharing of up to 25%. 
that would be $25,000. So your 19 plus your 25,000, you could put in $44,000 into this solo 401k from making just a hundred grand. Wow, that is insane. It may not even be possible <laughs> based on your living expenses, but still the, the potential for that is huge. You'd have to, in order to totally max out the solo 401k, you need to earn about a hundred over $150,000. And that way you get to that $50,000, $55,000 maximum. So any rate, uh, the reason why I felt compelled to tell this on the podcast, because I was recently chatting with a potential client and we were initially engaged because we were talking about his equity compensation, his RSUs and ESPP, and we're kind of coming up with a strategy and game plan for that. And then he just casually drops that his wife has a side hustle and she makes like $75,000 a year. And I said, whoa, 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 stop. Hold the phone. Hold the phone. First of all, go her. Uh, that's awesome. That's a lot of money for a quote-unquote side hustle. And then I immediately asked, well, what is she doing to save in regards to that working income? And he said, well, well, nothing. And it bums me out because my salary and hers actually puts us in a super high tax bracket. And my brain just melted. I'm like, we, we need to get you guys to think about a solo 401k. We need to get your CPA on the phone like ASAP to make sure that you qualify for this. And if you do qualify, we need to see how much we can put in and how much that would or would not disrupt your lifestyle. You know, and if, yeah, so huge opportunity there. Well, gang, we covered it. Again, just as a recap, we talked about the three different options with your 401k, and we compared and contrast them. We talked about IRA accounts in general and how they stand today. And then we talked about solo 401ks. I hope you got a few nuggets from that, but don't forget my soapbox at the beginning. You are probably the biggest asset right now when it comes to income generation and savings accumulation. So get back out there, keep hustling, and we'll see you back here next week. Thanks. Thanks for tuning in to The John Chapman Show. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or Spotify. We encourage your questions, comments, and feedback. For additional information, check out thejohnchapmanshow.com or look for John on LinkedIn and Twitter. See you next week.